All right, everybody. First and foremost, welcome uh, back to Adventure Zone Dust, but mostly welcome to Erica Ishii, new to Dust, new to, well, at least recorded Adventure Zone podcast. Hi, Erica. Hi, Erica. Hi, Erica. Hi, Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. I'm excited to be here as well because I've been uh, I've been planning uh, Adventure Zone Dust Part 2 for about two years. So yeah. I'm very excited to be here. Um, we're doing a session zero, which we don't formally normally do. Um, so I think uh, the three kind of major like areas I want to hit in this are character stuff, um, game mechanics, and like kind of like house rule stuff. Yeah. So do you guys want to start with characters? Because we've got some new PCs here. Is anybody playing the same PC as Dust One? I am returning to my previous role. I will be playing. I'll be playing Augustus Parsons, the CEO in absentia, the GEO, (laughs) Ghost Executive Officer. Oh, great! Yeah, of the Augustus Parsons Cash, not Chief Executive Ghost. Excuse me. My enemy, Gareth Altizer, has changed the name of my beloved company. What? <gasps> yes, he has retitled it. Cash Universe. Ooh. Oh, boy. That is a better name in Gareth's I defense. I love a portmanteau. Sure. I'm so sorry. It, <laughs> it is a better name. What a dagger through the heart. It could be all. Gareth it could also. Altizer, my murderer. And lifelong he did murder enemy. you. That was not originally established. <laughs> Garrett Altizer <laughs> did not murder you, unless you're retconning that. <laughs> I believe no. It was... He he had me ki- He had me killed. I owed him a debt as a result. I thought it was Flint Chittles that killed you. <laughs> Flint Chittles. I thought it was Chint Flittles. Oh. Okay, Flint Chittles is the one I came up with, and then Dad came up with Chint Flittles right afterwards. <laughs> Uh, it could have it could have been so much. He could have named the company These Nuts, which I would have definitely gone to if I wanted to sort of um, as a punishment rename somebody's cashew company. That's probably what I would have gone with. Mm. We haven't even started an official episode yet, and I've lost control. Um, yeah. So, J-Man, a uh, couple questions I wanted to hit. Uh, remembering your uh, the moves, the specter moves that you had chosen, right? Comes yes. with manifest so that's built in. Then I believe you. We should describe. So, are we going to be approaching this like people did not listen to Dust One? Because if so, we have not even mentioned the game that we are playing. In oh, sure, 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 sure. Dust. Uh, So we are playing uh, Urban Shadows from Magpie Games. Uh, Urban Shadows is a game system built primarily on the interactions of factions within a city. Um, and those uh, circles that, that those factions exist within. Uh, and so each of those will respect you in different ways. You'll make debt moves. You'll make connections between people. And that's like the major mechanics of Urban Shadows. Uh, if you want to hear more about it, we did do a Dust Setup episode uh, way back when where we went way more in depth in it, but it's, uh, I think, a really cool game system, and I enjoy it immensely. We'll be going into the mechanics more later just to go over everything together to make sure we're all on the same page, Uh, but Augustus Parsons is a specter. That is that archetype that Justin will be playing. Um, He has the ability to manifest. Uh, He can be seen, heard, or touched any two of those at any given time. 
Um, and I think the other ones, if I'm remembering correctly, Justin, were Ghost Town and Wall What Wall. Is that correct? Correct. That is correct. I refer to the wiki. <laughs> Which I did a Flint lot. Flint Chittles did kill me. Okay, Flint Chittles killed me. Okay. Fair. But you think maybe he might have been an agent of Altizer? I think that he was hired by Gareth Altizer, yes. That is my theory. Uh, then I think that Can't that is a it. perfectly reasonable thing for Augustus to believe happened. That like okay, n- maybe no like direct proof yet, but that is Augustus's belief. I like okay. that. Fair um enough. the other question I had is so after playing through uh the the first dust session, did you end up uh completing an advancement level? As Augustus, let's say that you did, because, I mean, you yeah, went through Yeah, that would enough. be weird if I didn't. Yeah. At so, least, maybe I did in the off time. Uh, so in you're able season. to uh, choose a plus one status in anything, a new specter move, a move from another archetype, or you can change your circle. Say this one more time. You can add one status. So basically, you start off with status. For a specter, you have one status, status one, in uh, knight in any knight faction, and you have no status in any of the other ones. So as an advancement move, you can add plus one to your status with uh, mortals, knight, power, or wild. You can pick a new specter move to go along with ghost town and wall what wall. Uh, you can pick a move from another archetype, if you wish, or you can change your circle uh, to go from knight to something else. I will do... Um won't be ignored. Great. Okay. What is that? When I get in someone's way, I take a 10 plus instead of rolling. If I mislead, distract, or trick someone with an obvious supernatural display, roll with spirit instead of mind. Great. Perfect. So that is a new specter move. Got it. Okay. Um, We'll go over starting debts together once we've introduced all of our characters because I want them to be linked. Um, But uh, I don't think that this was in... Edition one, but since we recorded the first one, edition two has come out. Uh, And as a specter, you are going to choose four anchors that you have to the material world. And those anchors then allow for uh, different things um, that allow you, uh, you know, a corruption move, advancement moves, all kind of different stuff. And uh, do you have any thoughts as to what those four might be? I just just realized they exist. I yeah. mean, I've just come into knowledge of their existence. I have a feeling like a location of personal importance might be one of them. That being your cashew yes, company. That's true. And a a, a family member, because his daughter Anacardium Parsons um would definitely be one. And the Augustus Parsons Cashew Company. Uh-huh. A marker of my success in life not claimed by another. Slam dunk. Yeah, for sure. And uh, a beloved possession of my youth passed on to a new owner. That was that would be good. It's the first dollar I ever made. Mm. And dumbass Gareth Altizer has it hanging in his office. Okay. What? And uh, the last one, uh, you picked a marker of your success in life, not claimed by another. Is that the CEO title? That's the company. Got it. That's the company. Got it. Yeah. Not the physical business. Got That's it, a different got it, got anchor. It. Um. Yeah. Let's see, do you want to go next, uh, uh, Erica? I will go next. Perfect. Well, so Erica is uh, from the first session, the dust session, we have an organization called the Graysons, which are uh, sort of, they're guns for hire. Um, They get jobs done uh, as you need them. They are not a law-keeping organization. 
strictly there of like enforcement or tracking someone down or protection or whatever, what have you, right? Um, and so that is what Griffin's character, Dad's character, and Justin are a member of. But uh, Erica's uh, character is a resident of Crescent City and a friend of Pearl Blackwell, who is the daughter of the Blackwells of uh, Dry River um, that you all will primarily be uh, working with. Uh, so Erica, would you like to introduce your character? Uh, I will be playing Louise Lulu Kagayama. Uh, what are Lulu's pronouns? Uh, Lulu's pronouns are uh, mostly she, her, but under uh, demonic cir- circumstances, it, it, do, don't, it don't really matter none. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, she, she is a tainted, uh, has a connection to uh, a demon, which we will also get to. Um, let's see, let's start, we'll just go at the, at the top and work our way down. Uh, what, is, what is Lulu's kind of general demeanor upon first uh, interacting with her? Uh, Lulu is the vivacious proprietress of uh, the well-known establishment in the city. She is always quick with a smile and a deft helping hand, and she does her utmost to make all factions feel welcome in her establishment, um, which is the which is Maison Nihong, the <laughs> the uh, gambling and uh, pleasure club in town. But uh, do not cross her because she has. Uh, made an arrangement with, with a very powerful patron and in her more, less genteel form, she is uh, what would be referred to in the old country as an Oni. Perfect. Um, now awesome. that, that quick with a smile and welcoming demeanor, um, and you don't have to answer this now, the, the question, the answer might be, uh, well, we'll see, but how much of that is um, kind of her natural uh, you know, kind of personality and how much of that is like good business for running this oh, establishment. Oh, it's genuine through and right. through. It's very, she loves her community. Uh, and and what would one see upon first looking uh, at, at Lulu? Uh, Lulu, uh, you'd see that she, most folks comment on her cute little flat button nose. Um, she's got a little beauty mark on, on the left of it. Uh, her left, not not the viewer's left. Uh, she's got a little moon-shaped face and hooded eyes and dark, unmanageable curls piled high atop her head with an artful twist. She's got light olive skin and generally will be dressed in a fashionable uh, gown with black beaded fringe and a bustle pinned up in the back. Love it. I love a bustle. Man, I love a bustle. Okay. A, love, love a hustle and a bustle. <laughs> I, I love both of those things, and I love how they rhyme. Um, so her circle, her starting out circle uh, ratings, uh, she's got a one with mortals, a negative one with night, zero with power, and a one with wild. And you can add one to one of those. What? Uh, where would you like to add a plus one? Um, now... I think I would like to play this as, so circles are different than status. Correct. Um, and right now I have one status. I think that I'd like it to be uh, where, the, the feeling where she wants everyone to feel welcome, so she wouldn't, she, she'd try her best to understand everybody in equal measure. So perhaps uh, add one tonight to make it zero Perfect. instead of negative one. I think that makes complete sense. Now, uh, as a Tainted, you begin with the move The Devil Inside, 
uh, that allows uh, you a lot of really cool shit when you oh, yeah. uh, summon your demon form, uh, your demonic movement, your demonic weapon, and your demonic senses. And if you're working on a job for your patron, you pick one more, uh, and you can do even more if you mark corruption. And we'll talk about corruption in a little bit. But then you get to choose two more moves. Uh, you have uh, a couple different ones there. Tough as Nails, Invocation, Tongue, and Silver, uh, and Dark Bargain. Which two would you like to choose? I was thinking Tongue and Silver, uh, because right now my, my mind's not... The, the strongest part of me, but I don't know if that's quite right because you know when you're looking at you're when you're looking at someone mm-hmm. and you're trying to figure them out, it's just as much about intuition and your heart as it is with as it is your in intellect. Yeah. Um, so I'd say tongued and silver, uh, and uh, let, let's go with dark bargain. Okay, great. Let's go with dark bargain. And then you start off uh, with one status in wild, so you will have uh, some moves related to that. Ooh, this is when it gets very fun Ooh. with the patron. Uh, you're going to choose uh, two things related uh, to your patron. Uh, your soul has fallen into the hands of a dark patron, a powerful demon whose reputation precedes them, but whose true name is known to few. They have given you terms of employment, access to terrible power, and terrifying insight into their true nature. Uh, and you get to choose two qualities that this patron possesses. Um, I'd like to say that they, uh, they, they seduce all who come into contact with them with pleasantries, gifts, and vices. Mm-hmm. And they require deference from their minions to their strange obsession with a mortal pastime. Ooh, okay. Okay, we'll figure out what that pastime is as we play. I was thinking about this because uh, Urban Shadows, by its nature, is kind of uh, originally developed to be uh, in modern times. Yeah. And so a lot of the starting gear includes like a smartphone and a car and stuff. And I was like, but we don't have phones. And then I thought, this is a fantasy world. You guys have phones. It's just a different kind. It's magically powered or whatever. Who cares? You can communicate to each other via phones. Okay. Right? Yeah. Excellent. All right. It's, it's like enough. a little, t- you have a little tiny Morse code, you know, I don't know, whatever you want to do. But it was like a, like a, a little handheld Morse code uh, clicker. <laughs> <I love that. laughs> yeah, there you go. It's like a pocket telegraph. Oh, a pocket pocket telegraph machine. Pocket gra- poc- yes. There you go. Uh, let's go next to Dad. So Dad and Griffin will be playing new PCs. Um, and we'll talk about where your old PCs are in just a moment. But first, Dad, tell me about your new character. Um, he's a hunter. That's the archetype named Callan. Mm-hmm. I think it's, I want to start out by saying, I think it is straight up baloney that this is the character name that you chose instead of the original character name. Because Travis did tell us the original character name and the fact that you had to change it is. Well, yeah, I gave in to peer pressure. Okay, but this is peer pressure. This is peer pressure coming at you from the other side, pulling you yeah, toward right. this incredible first pass at the name. And it's all of us versus Travis. Yeah, the original. Uh, now I'm on Travis's CSI. Okay, Yay. so it's me and Erica versus Travis and Justin for the fate of Dad's character's name. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay, the original name. I, I, he's a gunfighter. Gunfighter for hire. In this case. Working There's for no context you're going to give that's going to make this name make sense. He's <laughs> working for Grayson, right? Yes. And so I 
had the idea of naming him Darnell Tootin. Okay. I'm gonna get <laughs> Darn and his friends Tootin. called him yes. Darnell Tootin, and his friends called him Darn. Darn Tootin. And then as we refined the character and what I wanted to play, Travis said, I'm not sure that you name told me, you fits. said to me, I want to play like a hard ass. Like you said, play against Darn Tootin, and I was like, "That's well, good no. to me, though. That makes sense to me. I mean, that's, that's good such to me. a good, that's such a good uh, uh, juxtaposition. I feel like that's such a good game to play. Of like, he's this hardened grizzle. It's me. I'm Darn Tootin. I'm bringing this up so the audience will revolt if you do not name your character Darn Tootin. Um, oh, well, okay. Listen, yeah, that's me. fair. Until it's that's too late, true. They'll have no. They have no recourse. We're doing this in a vacuum. True. Um, Trev, I know. Hey, listen, it's your character. It's your character, man. I really want to play him as a badass. I really want to play him as somebody who's aloof and is there for a job and doesn't care if people like him or not and doesn't want a cute name. So I'm going to save Darnell Tootin for Dust 3. Okay, perfect. Perfect. When you're playing a cowboy clown. Perfect. Sounds great. Or I when it. I die and I have to pull an Arlo Thacker and come back from the dead as a different yeah. character. Tell me about Callan's demeanor. And you've already touched on it. You said he doesn't care if people like him and he's a bit yeah, of a hard he's, he's aloof. He's not a team player. Doesn't give a shit what anybody thinks. He's not there to make friends. He's there to kill supernatural ghoulies. And um, he's very... You want me to play against type? I'm definitely going to try to play against type because he is not there for fancy patter I love or it. jokes, which I think is convenient in the, you know, because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't want to have to strain to come up with the hilarious bon mots that I've come up with in the past. Yeah. Let, let us let carry me, this. Let me one take down. that. Let me take this, this burden off your yeah. shoulders of carrying this show. <laughs> You've done so <laughs> much, dad, for your years I, of service. I'm just going to say strain. You make it look effortless. Sir. Thank you. Oh, that's such a nice roast Thank for Dad. <laughs> that's a great. It's a great bit. Uh, what does Callan look like? Um, he's got his t-shirt that says, "My name's Darnell too," <laughs> and all I got was this lousy t-shirt. I've envisioned him as kind of a Lee Van Cleef, very lean, yeah. you know, kind of tall, but just that squinty. Uh, Tanned by the sun, sunburnt, leathery skin, just looking like a bad, like a snake in human form. Um, so I, I envision him as as being that guy. Uh, so right. your circles begin: uh, one in mortal, one in night, zero in power, and minus one in wild. You can add one to those. Where would you like to add one? I'm going to put my one in power. Okay, great. So it's basically one, 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 and then minus one in wild. Sounds good. Um, so your hunter moves. You get to choose three from the list there. Which would you like to pick? Uh, deadly. Aha. Uh -huh. Which allows you to inflict extra harm. Uh, prepared for anything, which means I have a very well-stocked armory. Great. With modern and ancient weapons. And then I decided to go with watch them closely. Because the other ones like safe house... Mm -hmm. And this way and worse things out tonight, we're all involved with him being involved yeah. with somebody else, like protecting somebody or making a deal with somebody. And I don't think Callan would 
would be like that. So, yeah, so watch with them wa- closely. With watch them closely, you're able to, with some uh, extra observation, find weaknesses of supernatural uh, creatures. Um, now we'll go on to, uh, as a hunter, you belong to a society. Um, and uh, you need to pick uh, a couple of things with your society. Um, first, what is like the main prey of your society? And you have some options here. Um, is this a, a decision that you can inform at all with our mission and what we're going to be going after? Well, I'll tell I you think this. here's I, here's my justification. Here's the reason I'm asking: is if we are being brought into the story by Grayson, if I if Callan's being brought into the story by by Grayson then there's a specific job they want him to do. Correct. I would say, so this is uh, different from Monster of Week in that way, in which the mission you guys are being sent on is less of a hunt uh, and, and, and more of a, uh, you know, more general than that. But I would say um, this is one of those things where I can almost guarantee that whichever one you pick, there will be, uh, an encounter that will will fit with it because I'll be telling the story and that's why I'm asking you the question. So it really just comes down to what flavor of hunter do you want to be? Because all of these are not just like a vampire. It's vampires who feed on the weak and coerce. Demons who corrupt the good and the just. Right. Angel. So it's like you can meet plenty of vampires that you're fine with. You can meet. Now, I will say this. If you want to add some drama to the story. The main person you are trying to convince here to come home is Pearl Blackwell, a vampire. So if you want to have that vampire kind of inbuilt connection where maybe you're a little untrustworthy of vampires or you know more about vampires than you know about anything else, that might be a good choice for why they sent you. But your job Um, will not be to hunt her in the traditional sense. I think uh, angels who subjugate the will of the faithful. Okay. Cool. Bad angels. Uh, what did you have to sacrifice to join? I think his soul. Whoa. Oh, boy. Okay. That does fit with the angel thing. Great. Uh, and where does your society gather? A hallowed religious ground. Perfect. Um, and then finally, uh, Griffin, you are up. Hi. Um, <clears throat> you lied earlier in that I am not playing a... Brand new character. Yes, uh, new to dust. Well, I have retired Errol Ryehouse, who I think we had discussed his po- his political career has finally proven fruitful. And, well, yeah, uh, I went I went back. Let me see how this grabs you because I went back and as I was re-listening to the first four, it occurs to me that uh, the Dry River ends in quite disarray. Yeah, and that it would make complete sense for Errol to want to stick around as like a community organizer and then possibly as like an alderman of the city or something. Yeah, I think uh I think that that's great. Maybe even mayor. Ooh, Ooh. that sounds good to me. Yeah, I like Yeah, that. so he's the mayor of Dry Creek. I am playing uh Indrid Cold, otherwise known as the Mothman from uh Taz Amnesty. Now, I obviously there are so many questions associated to what exactly that means, and we'll get to that in a minute. But first, the mechanics of the character. Yes. Uh, what are Indrid's pronouns? Uh, he, him. Uh, what are Callan's as well? Sorry. Um, he, him. Got it. Um, what is Indrid's demeanor? 
I mean, he's, I would say, uh, almost annoyingly detached and vague with his manner of communicating with people. I think that that comes from him not necessarily being of this world and also being able to see into the future. Mm -hmm. uh, Gives one a certain amount of detachment from the here and now and everyone who is in there. Oh, in Um, case it wasn't uh, obvious, Indrid is an oracle. He's an oracle. It's the archetype. Yeah, I basically saw the archetype, archetype and I was like, ooh, that would be... That would be fun if I could be the Mothman again. Archetype would be a little tiny baby. Just a little Oracle. No, yeah, he's a, uh, yeah. I mean, go his, listen to Taz Amnesty. You'll know all about his his demeanor. And uh, his look, what are we looking at? Uh, in, in Amnesty, and I don't see any reason why it would be different, he was uh, a sort of uh, slender, uh, pasty fellow with red circle glasses. I, don't, I forget the name of the what type of glasses those are, but... Um, pince-nez? Pin, not in pince-nez. No, we can't just, use that again. We we said the word pince-nez like 18,000 times in Dust One. We yeah. can't do it again. Okay. Um, but yeah, he, he is not a very... Um, he does not dress in any kind of uh, eye-catching manner. I think he... Uh, tends to want to fly below the radar a little bit. Um, and so aside from his, you know, blood red glasses, I think he dresses rather rather plainly. Um, uh, you yeah. can add a plus one to any one of your circles. Currently it is one in mortal, minus one in night, one in power, and zero in wild. Uh, I think uh, wild is like... Uh, Fey magic stuff, right? Yeah, I think it'd be it would be wild for me to not put one in there, just because yeah. that sounds like Sylvain. The the wow, you really need to have listened to a lot of the Adventure Zone to hang it's fine. with this this mini arc. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I think wild would be absolutely wild. Perfect. Uh, you get to choose two oracle moves. What are you going with? So I don't know if maybe I was looking at an old playbook. Uh, but the one I was looking at had Soothsayer already, like, unlocked. Is that not mm. how it works? Yeah, that, so 2. that might have been uh, first edition. Now with second okay. edition, uh, Soothsayer is an option. You can choose Psychometry, yeah. uh, which is examining an object. I, I'm, I'm leaning towards that, Soothsayer and Foresight, just because the other stuff isn't really... Like, Mothman can't read your mind, as far as I know. Foresight allows me to advance, keep your cool for any or all characters you choose in your presence, including yourself. And when you advance a move, uh, you make it so that if somebody rolls very well, a 12-plus on the roll, uh, it does the move does something extra. And in this case, it allows you to not only keep your cool, but to, like, destabilize the cool of your, you know, opponent in any given scenario. Um, which feels right. Like if I can see the future really good, then I think being a bit more untouchable in that regard uh, makes makes the most sense. So I think that's those are the two I'm going to go with. Um, great. So then your benefactor, yes, uh, that allows for these things. If if you're connecting it to like the Fey and the uh, you know to Sylvain, then is it like coming from Wild? Um. It has to be, right? If that's the source of my power? Yeah. Yeah, it's got to be wild. Well, is the name of this benefactor Sylvain? Hmm. Let's let's call it right now uh, 
name is question mark, question mark, question mark. Okay. Right? That like you're this thing is happening and you can even have like the prophecy that connects you to them. Yeah. But uh there is a flaw, right? That is they have defenses against your site. Yeah. And I think that like you are not able to determine exactly right now at this moment exactly where these visions of the mortal plane are coming from. Yeah, I like that. We and we can figure it out as as we play. And then the other sort of thing that I have is foretellings, which yes. is a lot like Duck's sort of prophecies that he got as the chosen uh, back in Amnesty, where before uh, the game starts, I get to sort of ask a prophetic question of, of the GM or the MC, yep. as they are known in this one. Great. Okay, so those are our four characters, um, our four player characters. Now, uh, when we talk about starting debts, right, um, we're going to have things that that connect uh, our characters. We can connect them uh, to each other. We can connect them to things here in town or other people in town. Now, debt is a very powerful mechanic in uh, Urban Shadows. So we'll start with Indrid, since that's where we left off. You uh, owe two debts to someone who helps you decipher your vision uh, with unique insights. Do you know who that is? I think that when Indrid rolled into town, um, not knowing anybody, he was just sort of naturally magnetically drawn to supernatural stuff. Um, and his his powers aren't like particularly acute right now because of sort of the binding that he's under. Um, but he met a, a a ghost, a spirit uh, that calls itself Micah, that has inhabited a few forms that has lent him some aid in mm -hmm. uh, utilizing his powers, uh, even in their their hampered form. Perfect. Uh, you had a dark vision about someone, but you gave them bad guidance and you owe them a debt. Who would this be? Uh, can it be that I sent a letter to Augustus Parsons, warning him to not trust Altizer, but did not tell him to keep an eye on Flint fucking Chittles. And yeah. so I got I got him looking in the wrong direction. Yes. I got him iced. Yeah. Okay. That also we makes sense that. as to why uh without proof, Augustus is like, I think it's I think it's I think it's Garrett Altizer, but I don't have proof. But he thought yes. Um, and then someone interfered with your destiny and they owe you a debt. Can it be the, am I a Grayson? Do I have to be you a are member Grayson, of the Grayson? Yes. Okay. You're at least an agent of the Grayson working here. It's not like a lifelong commitment or whatever. It's a job, but. Who's in charge of the Graysons? Do we know that? Huh. Probably yeah. someone. Grayson. Yeah. Someone with the last name Grayson for sure. I'm going to yeah. say Dallas Grayson. Dallas Grayson is oh, pretty good. Nice. Uh, I'm going to say Dal Dallas Grayson, um, when uh, Indrid came into the world through the gate, right, from Sylvain, uh, Dallas Grayson did did something thinking that uh, uh, he was some sort of monster, thinking that Indrid was some sort of monster mm -hmm. who had come to interfere with the world, because that is how those gates work, is they are sort of kindling for war between these two worlds. Uh, yeah. And so maybe uh, Indrid was incarcerated or otherwise sort May of- May I like recommend- captured. Yes, please. May I suggest that 
performed a binding on him yeah. to try to contain it, but what it did was limit his ability to shift to Mothman. Yeah. Well, it's not like a physical transformation. He doesn't actually... I don't think... In, does Indrid turn into... I can't, yeah. man. It's when been he takes so... the glasses off. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so, but with this binding, Dallas is working on undoing it currently. Yeah. Because it was done... That's fucking you know, great, yeah. And so currently... Indrid is stuck in the human disguise. Yeah, that's and, great. And not able to uh, switch forms. Um, okay, let's go to Lulu. Lulu, you're protecting someone from a dark power, a rival, an enemy of your demonic patron, and your charge owes you a debt. Who is that? Uh, can it be people that are uh, owed and owe debts to Yeah, other- definitely. Players? Oh, you should also know, uh, for reference, I feel there like... is, you, in this, like, three-person friend group, it's you and Pearl and a woman named Lorelai. And Lorelai mm-hmm. is uh, part of, like, a family that runs a big livestock farm uh, that supplies a lot of livestock to Crescent City. Pearl is of the Blackwells, who uh, run uh, the copper mine in Dry River. And then there is you as the third. So you can also have debt connections with them as well. For, definitely for someone who is trying to save me from damnation and keep suffering for it, um, okay. and I owe them a debt, I'd say is Pearl Blackwell. We've been friends since we were little, and she knew me in the before times uh, when, I, when I was a hellion just running around um, before I took over the family business. And so I'd say Pearl is someone I owe a debt to. Um, someone who owes me a debt. Uh, are there other... Um, other underground organizations or perhaps a banshee might be a good... Um, I would say a good connection because uh, she was in the first one and she uh, is a, a inveterate gambler. Um, and as you run uh, Maison Nihon, she uh, spends a lot of time there as well. So M, uh, the ghost gambler, That's I right. would say that yeah. there is maybe somebody who uh, is not happy with her um and so she is seeking refuge uh in your establishment as you seek to protect her so mm-hmm. she owes you a debt for that um and she's connected heavily with uh here in Crescent City there's the crossroads which is uh the specter territory uh so she's connected strongly with that territory so she is a good ally to have but also uh there's plenty of people who maybe don't like him Laurel, on my deme- demonic patron's orders, uh, Lorelai's family was providing uh, animal sacrifices for a uh, rival uh, mm-hmm. demon lord. And so under their orders, um, I, I uh, had, had the family farm uh, hit by like a, like a hoof and mouth disease. Oh boy! For a season, and it was devastating to the farm, and it was very much against my wishes. Since Lorelai and I have also been friends for quite a long time, does Lorelai know about that? I've been trying to tell her. Um, I know she knows that maybe I might have something to do with it, but we just we can't. I can't bring myself to confess to her yet, and I'm so terribly Perfect. ashamed. Okay, Callan. Uh, someone helps you unwind and keeps you sane, despite the horrors of your hunt, and you owe them a debt. Erica, 
what kind of um, what kind of services are provided at your place? Oh, all kinds. It's uh, uh, yeah, gambling and uh, stage shows and refreshments of That's all awesome. sorts. Uh, High end okay. ones too. It's just uh, it'll help ease. A lot of the tensions and um, tribulations of surviving in the Crescent Territories. What you all are hearing right now is our dad balancing the fact that he wants to play a more straight shoot and uh, serious character versus the fact that Erica has just introduced that he can send his character to theater camp if he does decide... Um, and that's really hard for him. It's it's really it's hard. A, that's Callan's secret power is jazz hands. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. like um, if, if this, I play yeah. a character, you know, they have impulse control problems, and if Dad plays a character and there's theater involved, that's that's where he's going to end up, baby. Well, you know, I'm sure that trick shooting would really bring oh, in the customers. Um, Annie Oakley style. What I was thinking. Dad's next character is trick. My name is Trick Shooting. <laughs> Trick shooting. I'm the man who killed my brother, Darn Tootin. Darn Tootin and trick shooting tonight. Whoever killed him, I'm out to get him. Um, Would you have... It's me, Rudy Tootie. I'm the one what killed Darn Tootin. There's the fresh and fruity you ordered. All right, we're coming up now with brand new Kool-Aid flavors. Um, I was thinking that... Whatever had happened to Callan in the past, his his body is just nothing but scars, and I mean, and he's in constant pain. I was wondering if perhaps there would be somebody in the Maison who practices acupuncture. Oh, absolutely. Acupuncture, massage therapy, hot stones, Cupping. you I name think, it. I think it's, that the, I th- a matter of fact, I think even more than just relieving the pain, if he doesn't have this, he can't move, can't act, can't walk. So I think there uh, is uh, somebody who's very familiar with acupuncture mm-hmm. um, that mm-hmm. works at the Maison. And uh, absolutely, and this week we have a special on chiropractor get, services. Get the balloon up your nose, yeah. Is that mm-hmm. thing <laughs> you're handling the whole bit? Uh, your hunts incurred the wrath of a powerful person, and someone helped smooth things over. You owe them a debt. Who, who helped smooth things over? Well, let me tell you this there's another person in town. Right, who's going to be a major player here, uh, and he is the m- prime bad guy, uh, Jackson Blue, and he runs the Crescent City Bank and has his fingers in all kinds of pies, uh, owns a lot of the town, um, and would be a person who could smooth things over with dangerous folks uh, for the right price. Um, so that's a possibility, especially since Callan once had uh, some a, a law man position here in Crescent City that I could see that being connected uh, with him. I think I'd like to go with Lulu being that person if it's okay with Erica. I mean, I think they would have an association um, because of her business and because he used to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, finally, someone enlisted you to protect them from something dangerous, and now they owe you a debt. Well, I had this idea that he um, failed to save a church full of people. Whoa. 
Okay. 26 people died. Okay, I'm going to say uh, to make it an actionable debt, then you owe that debt to the entity of the church um, so that they can remind you uh, of that debt. That way it's uh, a mechanical, actionable thing. Uh, okay, so finally, we're going to jump back to Augustus because, Augustus, you had some uh, from the last run. Uh, someone or someone's progenitor was involved in your death they owe you a debt. That's Flint Chittles, right? Yeah. Yeah. He was an important character last arc, and I have no doubt he'll be just he'll as definitely important. come up again. I will say this it, Flint Chittles will be equally important in Dust 2 as he was in Dust 1. Uh, <laughs> and then the church, specifically Leader Janet. The, the church has been watching. I owe a debt to the church. Yeah. Maybe two debts. You would do. Uh, it's two debts. Because they've been yeah. watching my daughter, they've been protecting my daughter, Anacardium since my passing, so. Um, and someone almost destroyed one of your anchors, perhaps by accident or carelessness. They owe you two debts. And that sounds like Altizer and the business. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Two little uh, mechanics that I'm adding into it. Um, I was actually just watching a game of Urban Shadows uh, on, uh, on the channel Saving Throw run by Abria. And I don't know if it's built in, but I haven't seen it anywhere. But she added advantage and disadvantage. Oh, fun. Um, where with basically you roll three dice instead of just two. And for advantage, you take the two highest. And for disadvantage, you take the two lowest. Um, so I'll be adding that in. Also, if you are a Grayson, I'm adding in a mechanic called Flash Your Badge, which you can use to try to say, like, you can tell me I'm a Grayson. Uh, but if you do you will uh, need to mark a corruption point, one, for using the power of your badge to convince someone to help you, and two, the rolling will be how that person feels about the Graysons. Okay. So there's a chance that if you do a miss, they're like, the Graysons are terrible and I hate them, and you lose any chance for them to help you. And, you know, mixed success. It's like, well, I've heard about that, but I don't know. You know what I mean? So that's a mechanic that any Grayson can do, but there's a risk associated with it. And pushing your badge means corruption. Okay. I think the last thing I wanted to hit before we go, so we know what happened to Errol. What happened to Gandhi? Why isn't Gandhi traveling? Where is Gandhi at currently? So when we left off at the end of Dust One, she had gained the Chaos Demon book. Um, and was making plans to go over that with Uncle Oni. So it's quite possible that there's some um, Yes, sugar. I think she's, she's, she's studying and she's gaining in power and wisdom, but she, she basically had to- She got a dog. Yeah, whatever. She got a dog that. named got Lewis. A dog. Got a dog named Lewis. Cool. Yeah. What do you feel like baseline? We need to, Griffin alluded to it, but I do think we should agree on what do we assume the person knows- Right. About, like, uh, have we okay, so baseline, all you here's all you need to know. Um, at the end of Dust, uh, the Blackwell's eldest son, who was set to take over uh, the Blackwell copper mining industry, had been murdered. Um, and so that now they need to bring Pearl Blackwell home so that she can act as heir and successor. And I think that's that's the major thing you need to know. Uh, we've already mentioned the Banshee is like a criminal... Uh, you know, Overlord, uh, who runs many different criminal industries uh, in the Crescent Territory. Oh, the Crescent Territories is a uh, Old West-esque uh, 
area uh, that's unincorporated into the greater uh, area within. So it is fairly uh, lawless as far as like government goes. But there are agencies within like the Graysons, like the law, like the church that act to try to keep some kind of order. And also, the this game system is uh, uh, a setup of uh, Powered by the Apocalypse, where you will roll two D6s um, on a six or below. It is a miss. On a seven to nine, it is a mixed success. And on a 10 or above, uh, it is a complete success. And if on a 12, there's usually added benefits, as Griffin mentioned earlier, and you will add your different stats and such to it. Uh, I will also say, just as a general rule, um, the rating that we're looking at on this that everyone agreed to is we might get upwards of R rating in terms of movies and such. So if that's a thing that you uh, are not comfortable listening to with children, uh, that's that makes sense. There will also be uh, guns present in in this Old West-esque story, uh, and there will be, you know, probably some, some violence related to that. But I wanted everyone to know about it going into it so nobody's surprised by that kind of thing. I mean, and also... There's going to be blood um, if that's a thing yeah, that you... Be. There will be there blood. There will, be, will blood. be blood. If that's a thing that uh, makes you uncomfortable, there will be mention of blood as we, you know, there's going to be stuff with vampires and everything like that. So just go into that uh, ready for it. And so excited to begin. Thank you, Erica. Thank you, everybody, uh, for joining us for episode zero. Join us again for episode one. Bye. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.